In this episode of Let's Talk Filmmaking, we're going to talk about the 10 mistakes to avoid when doing your first short film. What's up, everybody? Brandon Fountain here. In this episode, I have Matthew Allen with me. Hey, what's up, man? We have 10 filmmaking tips to talk about. And really, we kind of wanted to do this because last year we did a short film. And uh, it's kind of like films before then, before that one, that, you know, we kind of just was just starting out and we really didn't know too much about what we were doing. And... I want to say that we did know what we were doing like last year. It been so long since we shot a short film that, you know, that was kind of like, I say, knocking the rust off. Well, yeah, I think we did enough. We knew enough in order to make a film. But by making that film, we learned a heck of a lot more. Oh, yeah, most um, definitely. You know, and I, I know you've done some some projects on your own, and that was the first film you and I had come to together to do but you know i'd made several other films before whether it's from the directing standpoint acting writing this one i was a uh, first ad on and uh i mean we all kind of had a lot of roles you know you did a lot of sound and editing <laughs> yeah, it and was, it was a skeleton crew yeah it was a skeleton crew well what's funny is it was a skeleton crew in in the way that we only had a few people who knew what they were doing but there were a whole lot of people on set all the time yeah, that's, I know that's one of the things we're going to be talking about. Um, so let's get started. Uh, what's the first tip that we have for them? Yeah, so the first tip, and these aren't in any particular order. All of these are good things to keep in mind. And, you know, there's a lot more than just this that <laughs> you you will learn yeah. by, by doing. But these are some of the largest, most important things that I think we've encountered in uh especially with the project we did about a year ago and then other projects we have done. So the first tip we got for you is be careful to avoid requiring too much money to pull off uh, a project. Now, you know, that has a lot of layers to it and including funding and different things, but, uh, you know, I'll let you uh, kind of take it off here. Yeah, with too much, especially the one that I'm doing right now, you can write to where, like, you need, let's say, uh, a helicopter scene or you need to rent out this uh, big building and the only way to get it is you have to put in, like, a large sum of money. Or you need to rent a vehicle or a camera. Like, camera, if you rent out, if you don't have your own equipment or you prefer equipment, like all that can go into your budget and that can just like just wipe you out because you need to put that money in more important places. And I think having a budget too, you know, a lot of people when they make their first film, they don't think that, you know, we got to make a budget for this film. It's not as easy as just saying we need some money or let's get a couple thousand dollars together. You want to accurately go through your script and find out and budget for things, location scout, finding locations, how much are these people going to require, uh, you know, who are working on your project, your crew, your talent, the cost of the locations themselves, production insurance, all these things, combining that, 
building a budget to accurately come up with the amount of money you need for your film. So to me, one of the most important things is making sure that you have enough money for the film that you're trying to make. There's nothing worse, in my opinion, than making a short film, raising money for it, and then when you're on set or you go down the road, you run out of money. And you have scenes left unshot, actors or, or you know crew that need to be paid, and you just don't have it. You know, that, that causes your film to be dead in the water, and it, it gets shut down right there. Fortunately, I've never had it to be that severe, but I've known people that their entire project just went belly up because they didn't have enough money to cover what they were trying to do. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because I just talked to uh, Dother Sykes. Uh, he messaged me today. He's a, a comedian, and he's trying to get into filmmaking. Um, he asked me about pricing for uh, us to do helping with a short film he wants to do and he already had a budget in mind i was like dude you have no idea how you're already ahead of so many people just because you told me you have a budget and he actually have a figure for that uh short film so yeah it is a make it and break it for your film not only that not knowing your film can put a lot of question marks like uh some actors you might want to pay by having those paid actors, it's easier for you to actually like rely, rely that they will be available. Right. They will actually show well, and, up. And it depends on the kind of the caliber of the talent that you're trying to get. Yeah. And that's another thing we're going to move on to. And I do think funding is a major topic. It's a topic yeah. that we need to go into greater detail at another time because that could fill several podcasts worth. Uh, of, of content, just just talking about that, breaking it down, how to fundraise, mm-hmm. what platforms to do it on, you know, the incentives that you give to people in order for them to invest in your project, and the list goes on. Yeah, yeah, basically look forward to that. <laughs> now, you know, I think moving on to point number two is, and it has to do with, with budgeting and, and finances in a way, but it's writing uh, action that is too expensive, you know, uh, too involved. Maybe not even so much the money, but what you're requiring to get done is unrealistic for what currently you have at your disposal. Yeah, You brought up the helicopter thing earlier. That's expensive and unrealistic. You know, if you've never made a film before, unless you're made of money, and most people aren't, that that's that's a major undertaking. You mm-hmm. know, even getting aerial footage from a helicopter. Now, luckily, with the introduction of drones, drones being yeah. so accessible to uh, the public, it's a lot easier to get that aerial footage. But not so long ago, just buying footage of say any major city or town that's taken from a helicopter or plane was extremely expensive. Yeah. Now keep in mind, you still have to have, cause I, I do have a drone, but I don't have my license yet. Uh, before you just go out and sh- shoot, especially shooting a film. If you're trying to make money from it, you have to watch where you fly that drone because right. you can be in a restricted area. And it costs money to get your license. Like it can go from like 
it's over $100. And that's to take the test that you have to pass. So, yeah, that, like, if you're trying to do, like, some real Michael Bay stuff with, like, explosion, explosions out of every, everywhere, now you can go the After Effects route and, like, you know, get the co-pilot um, Action Essentials, which is 250 if you want the 2K version. Um, I don't know what the lower version is. You might as well get the 2K version, but that's just that's just me. Oh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, there are other ways around it. But yeah, you have to keep in mind that stuff can cost money and can injure somebody too. Right. You know? Well, and that that's why having production insurance is important. And with additional special effects or anything that involving a vehicle that not only is the effect you're trying to go for that practical effect more expensive but the insurance to cover it in case anything goes wrong is also more expensive so it's not just the effect itself that's costly it's covering your own butt later on down the road with the insurance you know so there's a lot of variables so it's you know early on i would you know try and come up with things that could be done like in a room or in a single building and that was fairly simple you know and then as we grew we would write more complicated things that hopefully we were more knowledgeable to pull off without a larger budget or we're more comfortable and we built up funding or we've networked with enough people to invest in order to afford that particular effect we're going for but you know the first projects that we made were in college they were zero dollar budgets and we were just, you know, <laughs> trying to pull off what we could with what we had at the time. And more more than likely, the anybody listening to this and they're making their first short film, that's probably what they're doing too. Yeah, I will say, like, there is a way to, like, pull off, like, shots. Like, if you want an aerial shot and you don't even have a drone, uh, there are, like was it DIY do-it-yourself videos where you can connect your camera to a tripod that's connected to a big old pole there's now a giant uh selfie stick out there like it's huge dude it is huge all you have to do is just connect that you know hold up your camera make sure there's multiple people helping you with that pole and you have yourself like a decent drone shot uh and we're not saying if you, because some people do have connections. If you have a connections, you know, get yourself a, 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 a helicopter, copter, helicopter pilot, or, you know, whatever you need. But like, well, and a lot of people like, like you said, there's so many drones mm -hmm. out there. If you can't afford one, somebody you know, especially if you're involved with other like filmmakers or artists or something, somebody out there is bound to have a drone you give yeah. like a hundred bucks to and they'll get all the footage you want yeah we have one if you need your drone shot we have one productive man studio okay, trying, to, <laughs> trying to sell yourself yeah, on your own we, podcast yeah we have a drone if you ever need something um well moving on to uh our point number three is avoid needing too many crew members this is a really big one and i've i've run into this problem before you know you have all these jobs and you feel like you know like on an industry movie where you have all these sectioned off things and all these different uh, guilds and um, 
unions mm-hmm. that do separate jobs and nobody does anybody else's jobs. Well, we're not at that level. So the good thing about it is like the film we did last summer, you know, you ran sound, you did editing. I was first AD. I did storyboarding. I did script supervising. Um, you know, there's a lot of balancing a bunch of different jobs. And mm-hmm. You don't have to feel like you have to mimic some giant Hollywood production on your first independent short film. Yeah, that more than likely is going to go to just small festivals or YouTube or something. You know, come on. Like I know you want to get to that level. And it'll happen if you keep knocking projects out. But save yourself some time, frustration, and money and divvy up multiple jobs to trustworthy, hardworking peers. And, you know, some of the most successful projects we've worked on and, you know, Action Movie through the sequel, which is the the film I talked about the first time I was on the show, we had, including myself and our lead actress we had no more than six people including talent working on that film you know and that that film got up there it went it went some places and and it turned out great and we had like a really small group of people working on that thing you never would have known you know it looked like it had a lot more people involved than it didn't and we didn't need that many people either yeah i, I do know like uh i would say to pick it back off of that in terms of you need sound, you need video, videographer, you know. Uh, essentially, as long as you at least have those two, like somebody, you know, if you know lighting, you know, you can set up the lights. Nobody really needs to hold light lights, but somebody needs to hold a camera. Somebody needs to help with sound to, like, hear or hold the boom pole. And... You know, if if you want an extra person, yeah, you can get an extra person. But, like, in terms of if you – here's another good example. When we went into uh, a coffee shop and or any business, if you go inside a business, you will most likely will be interfering with that business if you have so many people with them, uh, with you. So, like, only have, like, the needed actors or – the needed production crew or if you know don't invite your friends because then they will probably invite more people you know right. just keep it limited <laughs> keep it small so i think that is another reason why you, you do want to keep it like a small well that's a that's another great point that i hadn't thought about because we did run into this problem with the, that coffee shop example is more than just like a pulling it out of the air thing you know? mm-hmm we had uh, the director, you know, contacted this business, and I guess there was misunderstandings, and that wasn't worked out well enough. the The owner of the business didn't quite understand like how many people were going to be there, how long we were going to need to kind of hold up what was happening, and where we would be, and what would we, what we were doing. So on the day, we're there like all day, almost their entire business hours, and we're like constantly in the way. Well, that's not really a crew, the crew's fault or the talent's fault. It's a fault of the higher echelon of people who are like producing and directing and planning this thing didn't communicate clearly with that business owner that, hey, we're going to have like two dozen people at your business coming in and out, using uh, power, um, putting up signs that, hey, we're filming. 
which could ward off potential customers. You know, you got to make sure that you don't, you know, lower the amount of people who are on set. That helps. And then, you know, to your point, make sure you're very clear with whoever is the owner proprietor of this place that you're at, what is about to happen. Yeah, that actually the film I'm working on now, that happened with them. It wasn't a business. It was somebody else. It was a friend's house. Uh, that person came home from work. She had like a park, like her, the front of her house had like five, six cars. She just got off work. She come home to all these people and, you know, she just want to like just rest. Uh, she did not know all these people was going to be here. Uh, all up in her space. There's gear everywhere. Uh, you know, you have to make sure whoever you're, whoever space you're using knows what you're trying to do. Yeah, be courteous and respectful of that person. And this has kind of been a combined point between, you know, not only do you want to be respectful and make sure you fully communicate that point to them, but, you know, the less people there, you know, there you don't need oftentimes that many people. And no. so the less people you have, the less likely you are to mess up uh, the set and have people running all around having to group them and corral them together and mm -hmm. all get them to do their, do their jobs at the same time, be at the same place and, and communicate clearly because you don't have a bunch of people like running around trying to manage these people and everybody because it's a small production you know so it's really important to keep your crew light and to fully communicate with whoever owns or is operating your location that here's how many people are going to have here's what we're going to be doing and here's how long it's going to take it will also make it easier for the next crew uh to like get that business or right. place um it's easier for them to get it because now you left a good taste in their mouth instead of a bad taste. Now they can say, Oh, okay. Yeah. I've done this before. The last crew member did an amazing job. Now they can feel more comfortable allowing the next group to shoot there. Right. And we've seen, you know, businesses turn, turn us, us away down. Yeah. because they've had bad experiences, you know, and, and it's not that likely that that other project we did a year ago, has probably opened their doors to anybody who's doing that since in all yeah. honesty and you know with yeah. this podcast i think you'd agree it's not so much about just like making ourselves no. always look good like we've no. made some tremendous mistakes and yeah. we want to be that's you know, put all that on the table yeah that's exactly why i said we had that problem with this current film i'm doing right now like and like you said it's not really it's mainly the producer and like the people higher up that's something that you kind of trust that they have done. And I guess the last part that so we can move on to the next one is to make sure you have the sign outside of wherever you're shooting saying, right. we're filming here by you opening up this door and entering, you're allowing us to have you in our film commercial, whatever. Right. And that also, it saves you from having to ask everybody in there to like sign waivers and stuff because mm -hmm. they knew ahead of time, Hey, this is a, a place I'm entering where my likeness is going to be used um, regardless of me knowing what this project is you know and the owner needs to be cool with that you know that was something also was not communicated to them clearly and there were levels of communication and it's beyond our control because yeah. it's like at we're, that moment we're crew yeah and we're already there right we're crew we're not 
this was something that we didn't conceive or fund or anything. We're we are hot, we're hired to make a project, and the people that were producing and making this project, unfortunately, did not communicate clearly what was what was happening, and it caused you know some major inconveniences for both parties. <laughs> oh yes, it did. So the fourth point uh, is is more of a writing thing. And it kind of falls into the expenses a little bit and, and trying to kind of move beyond the the financials. But with the writing, it's making sure that when you're writing dialogue or characters or circumstances, that you're not writing things that are going to require actors of such a high caliber that you can't afford them or find them. Because I know a lot of times, you know, you deal with local talent and, you know, the most famous people in the world at one time were local talent. Ex- yeah. So they, it's not that they're not out there, but they're not easy to find. And more than likely, you're going to get some decent performances from your actors. You're probably going to get a lot of really bad ones. A lot of really bad ones. Which is why auditions are super important. And auditions not just telling a friend like, hey, important. the main role in this short film that has a lot of monologuing and a lot of like, tears or anger mm-hmm. we've been friends since kindergarten would you be that person that's a terrible idea <laughs> that's a terrible idea you don't want to do that yeah no your your lead role and the very important roles you need to make sure they're able to like deliver those important parts right and in in terms of finding those very important people you can bring in local artists or uh somebody local that might end up possibly if you see they had to drive for it bring them in because they might get famous one day you never know like a lot of people uh famous now started in small roles they had to start somewhere so well they're out there there are people that can really act Mm -hmm. but i will say be careful going to like theater houses and stuff and looking for for people because Theater acting and film acting are two, two different, different beasts things. completely. You know, where you have to be a little louder and project more on stage, you want you don't want that at all in your film. No, and they kill, the, kill the mics. A lot of people think, oh, you know, I'm really well respected or liked or I'm really good at theater acting, and that all might be true. That doesn't mean you're necessarily a good film actor. And as someone making the film, look out for that and be prepared for, you know, having to really direct them and go you know you're giving me too much because at some point you either have to say i i'm gonna work with this person good or bad we're gonna make it through i might have to change some dialogue i might have to change some stuff in order to pull it off Mm -hmm. but you know i'm gonna stick with this or you might have to recast yeah because you didn't think this through well enough or get it right the first time so auditions and writing to make sure that the person that your casting matches up with the written word, super important. Yeah, I would say try the person. It's you know as much as you can handle. But if it start affect, if it starts affecting your film to where like even changing up the script just won't work, that person just might not be the right person for your film. Like that, that can happen. And if you have other people, if it's really slowing down your production, that's when you need to think about think about somebody else. Right. Because that can make filming in the future 
painful and even more slow. Yeah, and I we've all seen these short films that just miss miss the mark. They miscast a role and it, it turns sometimes really good writing, really good production, you know, they had a lot of money, they had a really good script. They had great lighting and talented crew and talented actors and, and whatnot. But this particular role fell flat or the people didn't have chemistry that we cast mm-hmm. or they just like, let's just be honest. They weren't good. They weren't that good. They couldn't pull this off. And, you know, you didn't want to hurt someone's feelings. So, you, you know, and then you just destroyed. your Yeah. Project. Yeah. You, you basically Do not just... let somebody take your hard work away from you just because they're not pulling it off, you know, you gotta separate business. That from that's person, not yeah. fun to deal with. Confrontation sucks, but your project is more important than someone's feelings. A lot of times, I'm not saying be mean. Of course, you know, be professional, mm-hmm. but don't be afraid to go look. It's just not working out. It's not you. It's me. It actually is you, and not me at all. <laughs> but you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, because it's not. It's not even just you know, the writer or the producer anymore. Like now you're ruining your other, the other actors film that they, they're really hoping they can dish this out to find more uh, roles and more jobs. It's your effect affecting the, the crew, the film right. uh, crew. And that, because, and that brings down morale for the other people because they're like, Oh man, like I'm a part I of this. Do this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got like three more days of shooting and I know and this then, is going to be bad. Then like when it's more over. people stop showing up. They right. come late, you know? Oh, that's a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole <laughs> topic for, yeah. for another good grief that I could talk. You want to derail this right now? And talk yeah. About let's that go for to next. three hours. Yeah. That's what, that's what happened yeah. with the last topic. I was like, oh, that coffee shop. Yeah. Well, the fifth point is requiring too many advanced special effects. Yeah, once again, the Michael Bay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, if you're proficient with that or know someone that is, great. Making sure that they can pull that off before you finalize that in your script or how much that would cost would be, uh, I think, an extremely important thing to go over them with. But I've seen, not that it's... It didn't get pulled off, but I've seen uh, the post-production stage take way longer than it should have or a lot of money put into it, a lot of effort and frustration because you wrote yourself into a corner or they wrote that person into a corner saying we got to pull, you know, if we don't have this, you know, you know, explosion 5003 mm-hmm. is not going to have any explosions. That kind of destroys the point of the movie. Yeah, like even with uh, watch green screen, you know, like that can hurt you too if you don't know. Yeah, it is how to do it right. Even like features, I notice it a lot. Like if it's water, water is hard to pull off. Well, and that goes to show you too. Like it's not that you know the capabilities and the technology aren't there. Like even you know multi-million dollar projects fail to pull off these effects sometimes. So if you're putting them in your first short film that's going to be made by amateurs, which is what, you know, we all are at this low level, don't be surprised if your final product is not what you were hoping it would be because you put that in there and now you have no other option. It's either we have this effect or we don't have a movie. You don't want to be in that position. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you it 
will most likely starting off fail because you didn't know that you have to deal with lighting uh, during the shoot right. or the movement movement because when you get after because when you start editing now you have to track the effect right. if you didn't shoot for the tracking it's gonna fail so it's a lot of stuff you have to plan beforehand during that shoot if this is your first time i would not put all that onto you there are way more other stuff you have to like figure out study or whatever before the shoot than to deal with effects yeah and from a writing standpoint i think you know it's a really good practice to write things that are very character driven practical you know that don't require a lot of money to throw at it because at the end of the day that'll make you a better writer down the road because if you become really good at that then you're just adding that stuff in later when you can't afford it well you're gonna have story you're going to have you know great character development and then on top of that you're gonna have these amazing special effects which now you can pull off and afford you know that's that's a lot of good things a lot of sought-after stuff or no um, you might actually be able to afford bringing in somebody to right. do that you know? exactly so um, well and, you know going on now to to the sixth point making sure that you have solid locations oh please yeah God this is a big one yeah the coffee shop uh, one big thing I because I did the I was really doing the sound for the last uh, short film we did together and I wish I was able to go with uh, the director and you know all of you to scout for locations like whoever is working your sound need to be with you when you're scouting for locations right because you have to know okay we can't shoot here why well for one there's a busy train there's train tracks across the street um apparently it runs eight times a day five times a day we don't know uh you have you're near airport you know there's a air conditioner from a building that you can't control that you hear around this area that's you have to know what is around this area what can you control what can you not well and i think it's one of those things if you can't have your sound guy or gal with you at the time is making sure you yourself understand exactly that's well yeah that's why i just like these things. yeah that's why I'm, I'm i'm naming them right now like your your air conditioners the last what which was new to me was when we were shooting i noticed that the dvd the dvr system that was in one of the houses was Mm -hmm. making noises i didn't know i could i would hear that so i was like well okay that's gonna have to be cut off right and the better uh, the better quality of the mic the better it is at picking things up so Mm -hmm. you know if if you have a good quality mic and there is a the, the tiniest machine somewhere in the room likelihood is it probably will pick that up and then you got this constant like weird room noise hum throughout your whole movie mm-hmm. you, know, you don't want that yeah electricity makes sound like the brighter the lights you will hear buzzing noises like you hear a lot through a mic a good mic rolling well, yeah, and make sure get that solid room tone before you get going you know when you've eliminated all of those variables to as well as you possibly can you know you got to have lights on you got to have you know various things going 
once in a while, you know, hopefully you're waiting in between shoots to get that air conditioner mm-hmm. to make the house as cold as humanly <laughs> possible so uh-huh. you can get comfortable in between shoots. But making sure all those things are eliminated and then getting that room tone uh, in between. Lighting, too. You have to figure out how is the lighting in this area. Like, if you know your camera cannot shoot in a dark alley, you know, some cameras just don't shoot well in low light then this is where you have to put in the budget i need this type of camera or we need to change locations because we can't afford a camera that can actually shoot in low light like this is where you need to plan out like your shoots all that because you can find there there are multiple locations well then again i don't know where you live so i can't say that but there there's a way to get what you're looking for without having to spend too much money. Well, I, and it I also comes back to, you know, the the where you're where you're filming not only for the lighting and the sound which are, you know, it's kind of moving to our next point, but those things are extremely important, but the location itself, you know, is it aesthetically pleasing? Is it going to make for a good shot? Yeah. Um does it fit the tone of the scene or mm-hmm. the film you're trying to make? You know, if you have, for instance, if you have a coffee shop scene, like, you know, we keep talking about the coffee shop because <laughs> it's a very haunting memory for both of us. It is. Um, if you have a coffee shop, it's not going to be good enough to go to your mom's house, go to her kitchen, get a f- couple folding card tables and some folding chairs and put some empty coffee cups and have a few extras sitting around in her kitchen. That looks like your mom's kitchen and not a coffee shop. And it, I've seen yeah. this happen. Things like this pop up in, in small-time, low-budget wow. short films I, all the time where it's like, that is not a believable location. You need to go talk to – don't be afraid to ask, can I shoot here? You know, are are you available at these times? I'm making this. Tell them what you're doing. Full disclosure. Say everything that needs to be said. Come up with an understanding. You would be shocked at how many people are willing – and, and not only willing, but will go out of their way just so you can make your movie. So don't settle for those lesser things that aren't even close to believable as the location you're going for. Go to those locations that you need and just ask. And travel if you need to. Carpool, you know, look for locations like 20, 30 minutes away, you know, do what you need to do. But no, Matt's right. Like, definitely ask. It shocks me sometimes. Um, some of the things, some of the connections these people pull up out, you just you really don't know. The police department, uh, hospitals, anything you think might be out of your reach, no, they they might go for it because the way they see it is you're gonna make them look good. Right. Well, and it's not. It's funny you mention that because it's not only locations. Those connections you're talking about, I know. Um, oh, for acting. Uh, yeah, a yeah. buddy of mine, uh, a mutually of uh, of ours, um, who hopefully will get on here soon, but he um, wrote a project that I directed a few years ago, mm-hmm. and we needed a SWAT team. Well, he knew somebody who knew one of the members of the Shreveport SWAT team, and he made a phone call, and he got three members of the SWAT team to come out in their full garb, with their weapons and everything 
and they were extras in the film. There and you go. One of them had a speaking role, and it's like, you look at those guys, and you believe that they're an organized SWAT team. Yeah, and if you're organized and you're doing all the right things, they most likely will say at the end of the shoot, yeah, call us anytime. Right. We had a fun time. And we not that this it. will always happen, but they didn't ask for a dime. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and it's because we didn't have it at the time. But they were... They were fine with just helping us out. And that happens all the time, whether it's locations or talent. You know, sometimes you need to shell out some money. But if this, if this is your first project, the likelihood is you don't have a lot of money to make it. You know, favors from people who want to be a part of making a movie have taken us to great places. Yeah, I think we need to – I need to make sure we – we mentioned that we are talking about first your first short right. film. Yeah. As you continue to make projects, by all means, pay people. Mm-hmm. Pay them. Yeah. But you know, the likelihood is that you have. You know, this is this is helpful for people who have been making projects. These things are something that they've probably run into already and might already know. And hopefully, if they've made a lot of projects, that they they do know and understand these things. Hopefully, but somebody who's sitting in their car or office or home listening to this podcast and they're like you know it's time i want to make i want to make a film i'm tired of just waiting for something to happen or meet people that are going to put forth the effort you got to be the person that goes out there and makes it so if this is you and you're about to make your first film you know do it just do it and that means not having everything you need sometimes like the not all the money is going to be there not all the best equipment or the best talent is going to be at your disposal and as you make more projects and you meet more people because it's this common communal attitude about making fun artistic things together you'll grow and network and you'll make more connections and hopefully more money and make more films and just build and build and build so eventually yes you do need to make sure you're paying people yeah they'll uh, make along the way things a lot easier but at first try and find people who want to come together and just make something cool yeah. you know and a lot of those people like they're not going to ask for money cuz they're there because they they're like you and they want to make this thing mm-hmm. and later on uh just a treat for the people that actually make it through the end of this podcast uh, I do want to give some sort of like, I guess, hint or like just insight of what makes a good short. Because last year I did realize like a short is like just one thing, but I, I'll get into that later. So let's move on to the next one. Sure. So not putting enough attention into lighting and sound. I know we touched on this a little bit, yeah. but it, that was kind of in relation to location. So, with But this, it's that important. Right. It is uh, extremely important because people, and by that I just mean general audience members, nobody who's even an expert at, at filmmaking or even an amateur at filmmaking, they can forgive poor quality video a lot of the time, but sound is an unforgivable sin if you mess it up. Which is why I hope um, the sound of these podcasts aren't too bad for you. (laughs) I try. I'm still trying. Well, it's one of those things. Here's the test for anybody listening. 
anytime you go onto YouTube and just look at look at any video, what are the odds that if you come across a video that has poor visuals, it's a little grainy or not the best quality, but you can fully understand at a decent volume what's happening and what's going on, that you'll watch it, as opposed to a video that you can see clearly and is very you know sharp let's say it's 4k but you're struggling to hear it you 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 know you can tell they're not mic'd at all and it's they're using some onboard microphone which mm -hmm. we'll still see in short films they're using like onboard mics on these cameras that are not meant for that purpose mm -hmm. uh you know you will turn the video with the poor sound off well before the one with poor video just no, that's true. I, I do it all the time. I did it before I made films. Mm -hmm. With sound, you need to make the mic. Imagine that mic is your ear, a human ear. That mic n does not need to be behind the person because when you talk to somebody, you're not behind them. That mic needs to be in front of them, pointing downward or like towards the mic. It needs to be pointed towards the mouth. Uh, source With, of the audio yeah. whether it's the actor speaking you, you or, need to imagine that right. mic is a person's ear because that's how it's going to be picked up mm -hmm. now with lighting you are either imitating the sun or the moon so when i set up lights that's how i try to like where do I want to position? position. Well, and, and lighting is a very, you know, and sensitive I, thing. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things you really need to study it. I don't know nearly enough about lighting to be an authority on it. And yeah. it's good that if you are like me and you're in that boat, that you would know that and that you admit that. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to go in there and act like you're some, you know, grand poobah of lighting and start adjusting things you get back in the editing bay with the footage and everybody can tell that you did not know what you were talking about and now your film looks terrible another tip is to have a uh have have something you like and compare it like if you like the sound of this one film or this one sound effect play it place it in your timeline or whatever play that and then play your sound if you like the look of a film you know, capture it, put it on your phone, something. And when you're on set, try to recreate that in your, uh, on your camera. Well, there's a lot of things you can do with that, that idea also. You know, mm -hmm. I've seen projects where they'll take a famous painting or scene from a movie like you're talking about or just any image in particular, some famous photograph, and you try and mimic the lighting or the layout of that. And that gets... Uh, you in this mindset to understand lighting or you know and a lot of times where you're talking about sound like how sound works and travels learning all this stuff is really important again I'm no expert at either of these things I like to consider myself an amateur expert at writing and nothing else really but you know you've had a lot of experience with sound um, and, I can and I can honestly like say with both sound and lighting it is hard to get it perfect it is hard to like know it all because those are two things that's always been uh worked on in the industry right well and that's why you have professionals who just do that 
Yeah, exactly. Those are the ones who are the closest to knowing everybody, knowing knowing every everything. The ones that actually work with that, and that's it. Well, kind of keeping theme here, moving on to point eight, is a big mistake is thinking you need a really expensive camera. You know, one uh one podcast we're gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna talk, and I, I think I might bring you in it too in a future episode is the red and we talked about the red when we first bought our camera for the production company and i i'm gonna have a we're gonna have a episode on do you really need a red starting off and i still say no well i was gonna say before you answered no you definitely don't i mean we started making projects with oh man it was some kind of like handheld Kodak waterproof sport <laughs> weird like it, it one of those okay no like, I know it, exactly it, what you're talking it about it was pushing the 1080 that mm-hmm. like oh it has 1080 that's so ex- it's like one exciting. of those cameras that are really for like hunting and sports right yeah. and it had like a digital zoom you know that kind of thing but you know that's where we started you know we've grown considerably uh, out of that realm of you know the sport kind of camera well back then they didn't even have gopro Mm -hmm. you know it would have it would have been more acceptable to shoot on a gopro uh and even nowadays you know on an iphone than it would have been on that thing so we started with that so that's what we got going and you don't have to settle for that that's not what we're saying but thinking you need a red or you know some super expensive five ten fifteen twenty thousand dollar camera it's a trap it it really is, you know, and camera technology is a it evolves like the rest of technology at this insane rate. You know, look thirty years ago on the the quality of the video that they were making. You know, she looked ten year ten years. That's true. You like, know, going back a decade or two, looking at the quality of the video from those feature films, we were still in seven twenty. There you go. You know, you don't have to feel like you have to have this, like, amazing 4K uh, camera right off the bat that does, with all the bells and whistles, you know, find a a camera that's affordable or that you can borrow or rent that doesn't blow the budget and go make your movie and work up to it if you want to. If you want to end up using a RED or something even better than that, you know, eventually, hey, more power to you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But thinking you need that to get started, I got news for you. You'll never get started if that's the way you feel. Oh, no. Like, and that's a whole nother episode into that. I think, yeah, I think I'm going to bring you into that. But just to, like, close that topic off, like, really do research on what this camera needs to do. Most likely you will not need 4K. It might need to be good in low light. As long as it has 1080 and as long as it's like portable and your um, editing software is compatible with it, that's what you need to find out. Like, if it works well with Premiere, can your computer handle those files? Do you have enough memory to handle those files? Like, if it gets you through the film, it's fine. Uh, I will not lie. If you have a good phone, use a phone, get like, a clapboard or clap your hands and get an external mic, use that. Like, right. If you, again, it goes back to if you have good quality sound, 
mm-hmm. you get some decent lighting set up, use the camera you have at your disposal or one that you can afford, make your movie. Yeah. Just make your go it's a out short and make your movie. Freaking film. Yeah. <laughs> You're learning at this point. You don't yes. even have to send it to festivals if you don't want to. But look, make your project. Start making. You're gonna learn so much by doing. So much more by doing than listening to the thousandth thousandth episode of like Film Riot or something, which is great. That doesn't get anything made. No, no. Trust me. You you can do all types of research, but you still have to do it. We can tell you all these things and you still will most likely mess up and then you'll finally learn, you know, but you know, that's literally the nature of the beast. Tip number nine for things to avoid would definitely be avoid not having your script worked out enough and that there's some layers to that. So a lot of times, you know, you're lacking plot story, you know, there's no real character, uh, arcs going on there's no change there's nothing like that and these kind of things go into understanding what all those things mean and how to do those but make sure you're doing rewrites don't write up a short film and then just go run out and do it you know let some people see it get their opinion on the story what's happening what don't they like what do they like find people who will be honest you know not people just don't ask your mom unless your mom's impartial which is rare uh normally moms either love everything you do or um they don't love you at all so you know find middle ground people who are going to want to invest in your success and tell you um, you know kind of brutally what what's wrong with your script make sure you take their advice within reason. You know, if there's some things that you want to keep and you want it alters your vision too much, you know, you want to stay true to your vision. But, you know, if there's a common theme where more than one person has said, I really think you should change this. I don't like this. Or Maybe, I don't get this. Right. That's a problem. Because if a couple of people who looked at your script don't get it, so, you know, a large audience or even a few thousand people on YouTube are going to be like, what? is going on here i'm so lost or i don't like this or none of this is funny and this is supposed to be a comedy you know yeah it, yeah that's yeah. what i say or make sure they actually get the genre or what feeling you're right. trying to get with i let's i would say find a person that actually like digs into everything dissect very well find a person that just likes to read read a lot of books find a person that really enjoys if it's humorous or whatever find somebody you might think would like it right don't find people who you know think the same laugh don't laugh at anything to read your comedy and hope for good (laughs) feedback why actually you might want to because if you can make them laugh i don't i don't know well here's the thing let's say you're fit you got you know you love dumb and dumber Uh and you tried to write a movie that's in that vein Mm -hmm. and your buddy hated that movie like nothing about it doesn't understand why you like it and yep. thinks you're juvenile for liking it wrong person to ask <laughs> that is the wrong person to ask um so point number 10 10 yeah the, we're at 10 now <laughs> too many people on your set now i know we talked about you know general crew and stuff do not invite anybody who has nothing to do with your movie 
to your movie set. You do not need to have everybody and their brother coming on set just to see you making a movie. I know it's fun and I know it's cool or whatever, but I've had a problem when I'm making projects and then members of my crew will have their boyfriends or girlfriends stop by or their parents roll by to see what they're up to. Look, I know this isn't at a level that, you know, there's a lot of money being exchanged and it may not be a professional set, but you try and eliminate it. some of that from happening. You know, once in a while you have to go look. We're trying to get this thing made. Yeah. And we have a limited time to do it. We can't have a thousand people here. Yeah, you need to treat it professional. It might not be up to that level, but you need to treat it like it. I would say like, uh, having random people can distract your your actors or distract your crew members. Or you Ooh, what's this? Yeah. Like, oh, I like that part. Like, you know, just distractions. Or laughing. Laughing, yeah, I was about to say, even just talking on the freaking set. You want to see a director, a sound guy... Assault somebody? uh, Well, the funny (laughs) thing is, they'll argue all day, but the moment somebody laughs, they're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. You know, they're pissed. (laughs) They're pissed. So, yeah, like... Oh, wait, you talk about you. Are you talking... You're talking about you, aren't you? No, no, no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You did that a little bit. Well, I, I do have a problem laughing once in a while because I find things funny and I laugh. What we both do. But that's the thing. You know, if you have, especially people who have nothing to do with the project mm-hmm. and you have tried to get this scene, like you've done like five takes of it and you nail it and then you hear somebody's mom <laughs> cackling in the background. Oh my God. That's when you get assaulted. Yeah. That's I mean, that's, that's what we mean. Like if you eliminate extra people on your set that don't need to be there you eliminate these problems completely also having people film take pictures and share your production outside on facebook or instagram without you knowing right like that's not okay like it's really not well and if you're in a public place where there's a lot of people walking around anyway Mm -hmm. there's not a lot you can do to yeah, but that. they don't really know you. They really don't know right. what you're doing, the name. Right. Like, you might have told your friend, hey, this is a film, uh, yada, 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 it's for this, this. Like, that could change later on. So now by them posting it or talking about it, like, that can affect your film in a certain way. Or if somebody was in that film at a certain time, now they're not in it anymore that can you know you got some explaining to do right well and i think it goes back to you know you want to be in control of your project yes that's ultimately what we're saying you know you don't want too many people on set doing things that you're you know you haven't approved of and like look if they want to do that stuff put their money and time into something and allow all these things to go on on their you know on their own fine but this is your thing and don't be afraid to go look I appreciate you being here, helping me out. Thank you, but you know, you gotta your, go. Your your friends or maybe even you, yeah, have yeah, to leave. Yeah, they gotta go. Um, I would say a, a good example is if they're recording a scene. What if it's an important scene and that's the scene you want in a trailer or you want them to see only during the movie, but your friend, mom, whoever recorded that scene and posted on Facebook. Right. You won't have that effect that you want it just from her, them first seeing it. Right. Well, and, and again, it comes down to con- controlling everything on your set, making sure that 
you have planned and 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 communicated with everybody and get everybody on the same page like here's what we're doing and we need to do it this way yeah gotta go and if they can't do that then they don't need to be there gotta go yeah gotta go gotta go well and those are those were the 10 points but there are a couple little bonus things i want to break down real quick so bonus point one is don't prevent yourself from getting your work out there whether it's festivals or youtube or vimeo or something get your work yeah. seen by people yeah i don't want to touch too much on it because these are like bonuses but this is something even like i str- struggle with you have to just throw it out there it can be small but just throw it out there your eyes if you're good at what you do do you catch things that normal people would not catch it looks all right to you it looks golden to them well like, even just, if you don't love what you've done mm-hmm. get it out there you know j- just it shows that you completed something it shows that you're and, doing something well and you can now move on mm-hmm. you know you don't have to feel like oh i gotta go back and do this or do that or fix this or fix that. get it done complete it put it out there and and move to something bigger better and greater that will you know you'll be happy to put out there you know when until you're at a point where you're happy to throw something out there that's too late to start you yeah. start getting your lesser work yeah out there for people to see that's festivals youtube vimeo whatever inner competitions do that kind of thing get work done yeah so another point last point um well i do have one more one more point okay we touched on briefly production insurance and permitting but make sure that you get these things because it will save you a lot of hassle it's not that expensive if you're raising any money for uh your your project include this in your budget is getting that production insurance and the permitting most of the time is free you know uh at least in the shreveport area most of the time we're like we're going to shoot in this location you get permit or get permission from a business or a private residence or whatever get permissions contracts make sure you get the necessary signatures get the production insurance and and be you know disclose fully everything you're doing on your project and then you just have that peace of mind that you're covered and then you know if somebody stops you from filming you can you know confidently say no nope, i have permission to be here you're wrong yeah you know and then you you can make your project and get it done and not feel like you're constantly having to watch over your shoulder yeah because we've both done projects that are <laughs> that really guerrilla filmmaking fun. and it's constantly like hurry get out of the car run over there set up the camera set up the lights shoot this yeah. thing real fast so we can get out of here you rushing, do not want to feel like yeah that. rushing would kill your yeah. uh your film and i i love to mention another podcast in our podcast but um i was recently talking to uh, i filmmaker another filmmaking podcast about safety and really anything can happen on the set literally you can do something 100 times you do it one time and somebody gets hurt like the crocodile we were talking about the crocodile hunter like he dealt with animals all the time countless times yeah Yeah. animal done him in like just having that safety or something happen if something breaks like you can trip i'm clumsy you can trip and like break something and you well, know. with with action movie, uh, we shot at talking about you know talking about making sure you had good location. So, 
uh, it was really noisy. Luckily, this movie we did ADR in the whole thing uh, for mm. the effect of making it look like it was dubbed over anyway, so it was fine. We shot at a really noisy place, and it, it was okay because of what the project was. And again, we pre-planned. We made sure we knew what we were doing ahead of time, and then that way it wasn't it didn't sneak up us sneak up on us that hey our audio is terrible here. <laughs> so we we filmed at the sewage treatment facility. And there are these like 10 foot deep vats of human waste that are constantly being aerated and bubbling. And there's planks, plank walking over them. So the, if you watch the film, the opening sequence is in this location I'm talking about. And that bubbling, churning liquid is human excrement. So anyway, talking about covering yourself, we had our DP at the end of the day, walking back, uh, and, and we are ga- we gathered equipment, and we had to cross over this thing to, to leave. Mm-hmm. Well, he hadn't secured the batteries well enough, and a $80 camera battery bounced off the, the plank and went into the 10-foot-deep human feces. Oh, crap. And... You know, we didn't have any, you know, there's extra $80 out of the budget that we didn't have. You know, so it's like having insurance on your equipment, uh, you know. Oh, please have insurance on your equipment. Having that production insurance because if, if something does happen to an actor or a crew member or to the location itself, you'll be covered, you know. And, and having that peace of mind to know that, oh, I'm not going to get sued for thousands, you know, of dollars is a really good feeling to have because you know we're doing this because we love it we're passionate about it we want to make art or you just want to have fun and make something cool the last thing you want to worry about are these problems that's true well i want to touch not touch but i want to say one last thing and that's pretty i want to talk about what exactly is a short film um, one thing we real- realized what made the process of making that short film so difficult was it wasn't a short film. It was long. It was long. Well, it was kind of the setup to a larger thing. Yeah. You know, and that really everything that we've talked about today could be bundled and applied in some way to that project at some point in time. You know, we it was rushed. There was hardly any pre-production. The money wasn't there. Um, too many people on set. Not enough communication with the location. I mean, we had fun. But at the end of the day, like, a short film needs to be a great moment. Uh, some of my favorite short films are Pixar and Disney short films. Because they're so remember were memorable like the old guy playing chess in in the park that was a fun short film it was low budget you could you can do that like it just needs to be a great well and like that concept in particular could be done practically you know like it doesn't have to be an animated thing that's what i'm saying it don't have to be animated story that that happened there that Mm -hmm. really short thing where he ends up like playing chess with himself and all Mm -hmm. that could have been done practically you know some of the exaggerated 
facial expression stuff that only can be achieved through animation, obviously you're not going to be able to do. But, uh, you you might can. Well, you might depending can. on if you're depending the Jim on Carrey esque. Yeah, but I say depending yeah. on the person's face. Right. Um, but you know that kind of thing. You know that took place. It's a perfect example because it took place in a park. Um, you know there is it, with animation they had the advantage of not having to worry about time of day, mm-hmm. extras, talent because they can animate perfectly and there was no dialogue. But that's another great thing as far as writing. Exactly. No dialogue. You know, so you have one location, one primary actor, no lines. All you got to worry about is time of day, extras, and how well can your talent pull that off? Yeah. Like, making a moment, make it easy, is only supposed, it's short films like what, five to 15 minutes? Five to 15 minutes, you is know, what I've people heard, competitions I've heard probably that, look you know, for. the, the one they have here, the LA film prize, I think they have a minimum of five, a maximum of 15, including credits. So, you know, but I have seen short films that are as, as small as like two and a half minutes to five yeah. minutes. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to make something that's like 20, 30 minutes long. In fact, I wouldn't shoot for that at all because a lot of people are get bored quickly. You know, a lot of people, like, if they're watching a video online and they come across your short film, if they see it's, like, 15 to 20 to 30 minutes, they're like, oh, forget this. Yeah, if they you're... see it's 5 to 10 minutes, they'll sit through it. They'll watch it. Yeah. Well, they're not there to, I guess, watch a whole story. They're here to see, like, a funny moment that could possibly be part of a story that can then, you can sell your short film to like get it made into a even bigger pro- product that's been done before but the the longer it is the more insurance the more budget bigger budget you're gonna need like it all boils down to make sure it's a has that's a nice feel of whatever you're trying to do well, a, a nice meeting to, a meaning right. a nice meaning and don't be afraid to cut things out either you know oh, when we did an action yeah. movie we had a scene, uh, the opening scene was supposed to take place on a motorcycle. And the trailer has the motorcycle slash dirt bike in it. But originally it was supposed to be, you know, a motorcycle and a lot of guns going off and stuff like that. And like acrobatic stuff happening. And we're <laughs> like, look. That uh, is a lot of stuff. We don't have the money for that. <laughs> And we don't want to pay the extra cost of the production insurance to include the the vehicle uh, coverage and the the, the parkour kids you're gonna the, have to get to the actually risks, pull that stuff yeah. off. Well, and you know, and the bad thing was that I was the actor and I knew I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So you know, I wasn't gonna about to flip off a motorcycle. Yeah, so no. it's like you know, we had to cut that and several other things you know from the film that just didn't meet the budget or we're just gonna you know throw us off and it just wasn't working for the story at the time so having like that script supervisor and you know to correct the story and the script and having the producer there to say that's not in the budget Mm -hmm. cut it yeah that's important or it just don't have too much of a impact on the story right it's how important is it really you know like when you're really married to an idea that is in your film Mm mm-hmm consider like how important is this really is this really important to tell my story or is it just something that would look really cool that i want because if it's that last one and you don't have the money 
or the time because time is a huge issue huge or you know you just don't have the the manpower to get it done if it's not important to your story just let it go you know just let it go because it's not important yeah Yeah. lord (laughs) good grief what i think that's pretty much you know there's so much more we can we, talk about. We'll probably end up doing another 10 points at some time uh, because there's so many more things, you know, that in my – just in my mind, I, I don't know. Yeah, because we still haven't – we sure. haven't talked about, like, planning, like the – Pre-production. Yeah, we'll pre-production, ha- We need to have a pre-production like, episode. Yeah, we haven't gotten to, like, plan, like, planning during the shoot, like, in terms of knowing your shots – like blocking yeah blocking yeah there's there's so many more things to talk about so whether you like it or not we'll probably be around for a while uh and talking into these mics <laughs> yeah plan for that yeah we're definitely gonna have chris wade come and talk about his uh experience with with the red camera and his filmmaking career and what he's currently doing but yeah till then we'll catch you guys later Anything you want to say? Last thing? No, man. I feel well. There's a lot more I could say, but I'll I'll end it there for today. I just uh, you know appreciate you putting this together, man. Have me on, and uh, you know. Yeah. At the end of day. Next time. Yeah. You know, we just just go out there and shoot. Go quit quit sitting around listening to us talk. Go make a movie. That's very true. Do that. We'll catch you guys later.